It's the Sleepers Podcast. We got a great guest. Our first guest, who is not necessarily in the world of basketball, but I know he's a huge hoop fan. Uh, we go way back, grew up in Lansing, went to the same high school. So I am excited to have you on. We've got Mr. Packy, aka Packy Raps of the Spectators. Pack, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm happy to be on. Thanks for having me. No doubt. Thanks for being here. Lansing Catholic boys in the house. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> Cars rattled by that. I don't think uh, we've ever had a situation where you're in the minority here. Yeah, but, but uh, I think we're going to touch on it later. But there was almost a Lansing Catholic versus Country Day basketball final back in the day, but we blew it. And oh, you were Country Day. That would have been a matchup I could have held over y'all head, but unfortunately, it never happened because we blew it. Good. Shout so. Out to off top pack, I think we probably got a lot of listeners um, who do know you just from our circle, like I said, growing up in Lansing, but we've also probably got some listeners who may not know who Packy is. So if you could kick off just like an intro, who you are, what you do, that'd be dope. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm from Lansing, just like just like G and uh, but I'm, I'm a rapper. Uh, I'm it's it's not something that I a lot of my friends, people close to me, that's a a crazy thing to them when it first started and it was crazy to me uh without giving you the whole spiel um i kind of got into it at the end of high school going into college just as a side hustle we had fun with it i had some friends that rap my brother got into music he's a real techie nerdy guy so he knew how to do everything in our home studio and long story short it just kind of got bigger and bigger to the point where we were like why don't we try to do something with this graduated college moved out to la and were able to make a career out of it so um, yeah, I'm, I make music. I'm, I'm still doing that. I dabble in some other stuff. Uh, like I know you've probably seen G um, trying to separate the music a little and, and move into some other spaces. Um, but yeah, people know me for the, for the music and you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever under the name Packy, P-A-C-K-Y. Yeah, it's a good time to be talking to you because I think you got a lot of cool stuff going on and we'll get more into that. If you're listening to this for updates on Packy's music and everything he's doing, don't worry. We will get into that. We're going to do that in the second half of the episode. But first, there's some pressing stuff happening in the world of college basketball. Carter, you want to tell us what happened today? We're down. We're, uh, I mean, we're down bad right now. I'm not going to lie. It's a uh... It's, it's very scary hours, very bleak times. Um, everything that I looked forward to today coming into the Michigan State game didn't happen. Um, and it's really starting to just ruin my life at this point. I, I actually put out a, a fake statement, a uh, little memo that I'm going to stop engaging in Michigan State athletics. And I broke that already today. And once again, it hurt me. So that's kind of where we're at. You got to answer to the people. Were you ducking? the locker room we were going to do a live room we tweeted out we were going to go the whole michigan state ohio state game today and then you just weren't there in-laws no. showed up 20 minutes before tip who would have no, thought that in, was gonna in, my, in my 27 years of life i have never duck smoke ever uh, a surprise in-law visit happened i just recently got a new puppy so they wanted to see the new dog so uh yeah i never duck smoke g come on now okay that's what i thought i was just making sure um, but okay, let's, let's start to dissect where we're at with Michigan state. I know Pac's an MSU fan. I'm an MSU grad carts an MSU fan. So we're all probably well aware of the problems going on with this program right now, but I guess Pat, let's throw it your way first. How much have you watched of this team and what's your impression of them? Um, I've watched most of the games. I've missed a few here and there. Uh, but it, it's rough, man. I didn't, 
I didn't go into this year with, with sky high expectations, but it's Michigan state. You always have expectations. And I was pleasantly surprised with how we look to start the year. And I thought, Oh, this team actually seems to play pretty well together. Um, we should only get better as the season goes on. And it was kind of the inverse of what state always does. We schedule tough in the off season, we lose. And then we tear through the big 10 and we go into the big 10 season this year looking good. And I don't know, bro. Like I, I don't even know what to tell you anymore. That, that Rutgers lost the other day. There's no words for it. And then you're hoping like today kind of felt like not to be end of the world, but today kind of felt like the, the, the only shot we had to write the ship. And I don't know what we do going forward for this year. Cause hey, no, no, it, it's not being dramatic Packy. It's, it's okay. Over. It's yeah. It, yeah. Like I, this is the end. This I is keep the saying end. like, Oh, I just hope we make the tournament. And then I keep looking at the schedule and shit. And I'm like, how the hell are we going to make the tournament? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, I think someone brought it up a couple of weeks ago, like jokingly. And I was like, state's not going to miss the turn. Like no matter how bad we are, are right now and how bad we're doing somehow, some way we're going to find a way to make the tournament. And I literally don't, I really think the streak is over. Yeah, I mean we we've lost to the to the teams we needed to beat. We got some tough teams coming up. Right. Iowa. Oh my God. Luca Garza is about to give us. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't feel good about it, just like every other state fan. And I, I don't I don't know what the answer is because I don't think the not that the the roster isn't talented enough to make the tournament, but it's not like a an all star roster where you feel like oh it, it's just bound to turn around you know yeah, well no one feels good except for G right now because this basically this whole season of Michigan State basketball has just been fueling his agenda against I don't Boulder. feel good I I you know oh, I've, had I've had an agenda I've had an agenda you are and... glowing right now and it's not because of your ring light all right I can it's tell it's not my fault that I'm glowing. Feeling. I look, I've had I've had a little bit of uh, a late career Izzo agenda pack. I'm sure you probably aren't aware of this, but no, I'm not. Inform me. So oh. my my stance over the past couple of years has just been that like Izzo, while while being one of the best coaches in the country, I would no doubt take him in the top five if I was choosing someone to run my program. Um, but I I think he makes a lot of very stubborn, very selfish moves when it comes to the way he handles players. Like, I think if you look at the way this roster's built, I think he 100% just assumed he was having Xavier Tillman back last season. And if you go back to the summer, like there were quotes from him about how, oh, Tillman needs to come back to school and work on a shot. And like Xavier Tillman's starting in the NBA right now, yeah, putting up great well. numbers. So like, I feel like there was a little bit of lack of preparation on like, we're losing Cassius Winston, we're losing Xavier Tillman, let's find replacements for those guys. And the result is what this roster looks like, but I'm not ecstatic about it. Like basketball is a better thing, obviously when Michigan state is good. I think when all the blue bloods are good, it's a good thing for the sport. Um, but I do think like there are some real things that have been issues of Izzo teams past that even though he's gotten over the hump with are bigger problems than they've been in the past that are coming to a head this year. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things, too, that's tough about this year and the record and the, the schedule we have coming up is Izzo tends to, and as a state fan, I get frustrated every year with some of the same things, turnovers. Um, like, I've always been a, crit, a critic of his insistence on running plays and we force passes into specific areas where I feel like, yo, just take the guy off the dribble. He's <laughs> it's, it's right there for you. But – 
things tend to come together come tournament time. And so I can't have beef with it. But when you put yourself behind the eight ball, like you do this year, you don't really have that. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're taking a couple losses, but we're going to be good enough to get in the tournament and make a run. You don't have that luxury anymore. And I think some of those things can kind of come back to, to bite you. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into the roster a little bit because there were some tweaks made and there were rumors. There were going to be multiple tweaks made to the starting lineup today. Um, Mark Watts back to the point guard spot after Carter, you told me that it was a true move that Mark Watts asked to move to the shooting guard spot. And that was what was best for the team. Was that all of a sudden not what's best for the team? What was that about today? I don't know what the hell that lineup was today. And then I had to literally watch Kingdom Thinker shoot 20 times today. I can, <laughs> thank you, Josh Lane, for, for all you've done and like persevering through foot injuries, you know, your connection with God and connecting our team. I thank you for your services, but literally move on, man. Like why at a point in the season where we honestly should be looking to next year, like this year is like, it's done. Like we're not doing anything this year. Play your young guy. Stop playing your 27-year-old shooting guard. Like, it's it's over. Like, yeah. today was really bad. Like, not just the result, but the way we lost, too, was terrible. Just, like, Josh Langford should not lead our team in shots. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, Hogard minutes lower than they've been yeah. since he moved into that starting spot. I feel like that's the one guy you want to get minutes right now. And playing so many people at this point of the year, like at some point, like tighten up the rotation, just play your guys play. We have six guys, I think, who should be playing six or seven, but somehow we're like going 10 deep still in our bench. Like we got the deepest team in the country. Like we're Gonzaga when we're not. So it's, it's frustrating. So obviously like they came off the COVID shutdown and like that's, totally fine to have a little bit of a dry spell after that like I wasn't surprised they struggled to score in the Rutgers game struggled to oh, 30 all right it wasn't just a struggle well, that to was the tune of 37 different. right that's, 37? that's another level but like it's not unheard of that teams come off the two-week layoff and look bad but I guess my question is like they're 13th in the Big Ten right now like that's a true statement at this point but that this roster is not that bad compared to the middle of the pack of the Big Ten to me so I'm trying to figure out like is, is some of this coaching stuff with the lineups or do you think that they're actually that low on the talent scale? I'll let Packy take that one if he wants it. I, I don't think we're that low on the talent scale. I, I just think it's, it seems like the stars are aligning where, okay, you open up the big 10 season, you know, that Northwestern loss was, was bad, but it happens like the big, it happens in the big 10. And I, I think to me, the, the killer the, the backbreaker was when we had that big lead against Purdue and we let that slip away because it really just comes down to the fact that the big 10 is so damn good and deep. And so I know, I don't think we're the, the 13th best team in the big 10. I think, I think we're better than that, but if you lose the games that you need to win to accomplish that, you just, at a certain point, you have to throw up your hands because there's no automatic wins on the, on the schedule. Yeah, true. And and to speak to your point, G, maybe not even talent wise, like as far as the whole Big Ten, but even on the bad Big Ten teams, they have a guy who can go get a bucket. Like even like, let's say Nebraska, who is probably the worst team in the Big Ten, they at least got some guys or like Teddy Allen or someone on the team who can go get a bucket. I can probably name one guy on every Big Ten team, no matter how good or bad they are, that can go get a bucket. And State does not have that guy. Yeah, I, I think that's honestly 
also been one of my and I don't want to sit here critiquing Izzo. Like I'm a big Izzo fan. <laughs> no, but, hey, no, Packy, do it. This is but, this is like, this is what this pod is for. I've, I've, I've always uh it's been one of my beefs, like even when we're we have better teams than than like say Michigan, like when Beeline was there, I just felt like Michigan had a certain just hooper. Like you dribble, pass, shoot, you can get your own shot. We got a lot of like whether it's big guy projects or whatever it may be. I just feel like we have a lack of like Carter said guys that can just go get their shot. I was really hoping that'd be rocket this year mm-hmm. and he can go get a shot. He just can't make his shot. <laughs> and like Langford is kind of the opposite where I love if we can get Langford shots, but he's not like a shot creator necessarily. This year is showing me how good Cassius was. <laughs> like, right. Not that I needed to be shown that, but right. I mean, yeah, yeah we, it's a reminder. It's yeah, a reminder. I, right? I think the lack of having a guy create, shots is is it's a big factor yeah that drop off is nasty from cash is the foster lawyer that is that is monumental well and i i said this to cart what was it last week where i think the the style of play with the four cashes winston teams that we had like cashes was so good at his unique skilled basketball brand that like it honestly changed the way Michigan state basketball was played historically under Izzo for the first 16 years. Like when you have someone that good, you have to build around that person's strengths. And they became, I mean, really at least the last two seasons, they were always the more skilled team on the floor. And historically it's, you know, the MSU teams have had a good level of skill, but it's often been, we're going to out strength you. We're going to out athleticism you in the front court. We're going to outboard you. And I don't think like, that was necessarily there even with how good the Cassius Winston teams were. And obviously Tillman was great in the front court, but I think like the way this team mentally plays to me is still kind of trying to outskill teams. The problem is they're never the more skilled team on the floor anymore. And I don't know if that's something that was like an intentional pivot with the way they're playing, but like they don't have those bruising bigs that can go up and just dominate you on the boards anymore. And I like Marcus Bingham, I guess could be that guy Sissoko in a couple of years, but like they really just need some new blood on the roster to me. All right. Here's I have a, you guys are big hoop guys. So, you know, better than I, as just a Michigan sports fan, like MSU and, and the Pistons, what happened to just placing value on shooting? Like putting the ball in the bucket from outside. I, I, the Pistons never have shooters. <laughs> Apparently Wayne Ellington is the best shooter in the NBA now, but like the Pistons never have wing shooters. And I feel like that best MSU teams had shooters and like stretch fours and stuff like that. And now it just seems like you're not going to win in college hoops or the pros anymore. If you can't, if you can't shoot from the outside. Right. And, and even to this Michigan State team, our best shooter is Gabe Brown. And there was games where he was playing six minutes a game. Right. And like it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like we're struggling. Obviously, we don't have Gabe Brown right now and that hurts. But like if you have a team that's struggling to score, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. And none of us are basketball coaches and none of us know or are better than what Izzo does. Right. But like at some point, just simplify, just put your guys out there who are going to go put the orange thing in the hoop. That's because that's yeah. how you end up winning the game. Yeah. We don't have guys who can do that. And that's why we lose. I think one of the biggest problems too. another way to frame it is if you made a list of MSU's best offensive lineup, I think the five guys that you would name, only one of them would be who you'd put in the five best for defensive lineup. 
Like there's not a lot of two-sided players. Aaron Henry to me is that guy, yeah. but like you'd probably throw Gabe Brown, maybe Hogard in the best offensive lineup, Hauser, Malik Hall. Like none of those guys to me are plus defenders. So when you flip it to the opposite side of the floor, like Bingham, I think makes their defense significantly better when he's on the floor, provides some rim protection. I think Rocket Watts is a decent perimeter defender with potential to be a great perimeter defender. But like with what you're getting offensively from Bingham and Rocket, it's hard to keep them on the floor. So I think that's part of why Izzo's struggling to like trim that rotation, because I don't think he can decide which way to direct this team. And I think yeah, like I their best that. chance would be to just outscore people, but shit, you've seen how that offense is playing right now. It's not pretty. Not at all. And, and last thing rockets shot selection. I cannot get any more one legged fading away from the hoop floaters. Like if that was your shot and you hit that consistently, like do it. It's like that. I don't know if you've seen it G that, uh, I think it was, I forgot what coach it was, but it was like Patrick Ewing or something at Georgetown. He's on the bench. He's like, why'd you shoot that shot? You'll never practice that shit. Why are you yeah. doing that? I've never seen you hit that shot. And that's, and I've literally never seen him hit it. Like if you are a scorer and a bucket getter, part of that is taking shots that are like what you hit or shots that are high higher percentage. Like even if you are a gunner or a Chuck, like rocket is like his shots are so low percentage. He doesn't like put himself in the best position. Yeah, I'm getting emotional. I, I, I'm getting emotional talking about this shit right now. I agree with you because I, I, I think like this day and age, it's become clear to me that the best offenses get layups and shoot threes, and Rockets like it kind of in the lane, mid range, taking these these twos, and it's like if if you can get to the bucket, take it. And honestly, Henry's kind of similar. He at least gets a little further to the bucket, but. I just think the best offense is you got either a, a point guard that shoots from the three or facilitates, and then you've got guys just an arsenal around the perimeter that can hit threes. And I just don't see that style with us. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, just scary times right now. It Bad is. times. <laughs> Not good. We're just piling on, but man, it, it's, it's a rough, it was a rough day to do this podcast. I have one more this, statement this to pile on every, every single time we stop. record. Because when we start, when we started this pack, he like state went to shit right when we started this podcast. Oh, I'm literally on here to defend. Are you myself. saying this is sleepers curse? Is that what wow. it is? I, honestly, if I gotta hop off and stop doing this to get a win at Rutgers, I'll do it. I guess, but like, damn, it's bad. I'm not letting that happen. I have one more piling on statement to make before we move on. Oh God. Guys, is is it possible Rocket Watts is not underperforming? Rocket Watts might just not be good at all. That's where I'm at because this whole like Rocket Watts breakout season thing was really based on a six game stretch at the end of last season. And my guy, even for that six game stretch, was still shooting like 39% from the floor over that stretch. So, like, I, I don't get it. He's a 6'2 shooting guard that can't play point. Like, was, what was he going to be, a lottery pick? No, wasn't going to be that. But, I mean, he was, a, he was a bucket getter. That's, like, what he was coming in. He got buckets. A um, really inefficient bucket getter, though, <laughs> like, even at his best. Okay, all right. But the, the thing is, now he's inefficient without the bucket. So, it's like we can't even, like, you know, it's not good or bad. We just get the bad. Like, he's not an inefficient scorer. He's just inefficient. That yeah, might just I mean, be who I, he is. I I think he's maybe not what people hoped he would be this year, but he's young. Like, unfortunately we needed him to be all that this year and he's not, but 
you really hope you're in a situation where you don't need a guy that young to be all that. And like last year, he kind of shined down the stretch because he didn't have to be the guy, but he could step up and be the guy. Now, if he spoke, he's not the guy yet. You know what I mean? Right. But I think he could be, I think by the time he's done, he could, he's just got to, he's got to improve that shot. Yeah, he's got to make shots. His yeah. confidence went to shit too. Like yeah. he, he becomes a 10th man off the bench. Um, you know, it's, it's rocket. Isn't the type of player that coming in, you would be like, okay, that's the type of player that's going to succeed at Michigan state. You could see him going to some like high power, like up and down offense. Like, I don't know, throwing one like Bama or something and just put him on the wing and let him shoot and let him just gun as much yeah. as he wants. I definitely think that mentally he's not in the best position as well. And that's not all Izzo's fault either. It's his fault as a player because he's not playing up to his ability, but also I don't know if he's been put in the best situations as well. Um, and as a coach, you got to know what buttons to push and when to push them to get your players to play the best they can. And not every player is the same. So can't treat, can't treat rocket like you do your son, Tom. <laughs> That's true. So how do we think this plays out with Izzo? Because like there is a really tiny, stupid narrative out there of Michigan state fans being like, no, I don't know about Izzo anymore. Like I, I will never go there, but like realistically Izzo's late in his career. Like, is it just, he gets some better guys in and it gets back to normal next season. You're allowed to have like, as, as much as it pains me, you can have, you have a hall of fame career. You're allowed to have a down year. Like, and honestly, Izzo's never been the the five-star recruiter. He's never had like the best teams, the best talent on the floor. He just gets it done when it, when it, and I've, I've always kind of, I don't know, talked a certain amount of shit about the, the lack of getting the five stars. And, but at the end of the day, when you get the job done, you get the job done. And I think sometimes when you get um, some five stars that don't fit the, fit the mold or whatever, I roll my eyes, but then you see it actually come to fruition sometimes. And when you don't have, when Izzo doesn't have his guys, you can see that it has a negative effect on the team sometimes. So I no anybody like taking that's prisoner of the moment shit. If you're, if you're talking about Izzo needs to be done, like, you can have your critiques of Izzo. You can have your problems with specific styles, but the resume speaks for itself. Yeah, and you know what? This year's got an asterisk on it anyway. There's a lot of COVID <laughs> stuff going on this okay. year. Done. This okay. year doesn't. This year doesn't even count. Mickey Mouse, Michigan Big Ten title. Right. We don't need. We don't need this bubble <laughs> nonsense. Bubble MVP. You know all that. All that nonsense. We're coming back next year. You know what I'm saying? We got a nice little recruiting class coming in. We got a yep. point guard coming yes. in finally. <laughs> Uh, the Let me fire slow the up. hype train on this, though. Like, you're right. This recruiting class, Max Christie, Jay Nakins, are going to be incredible. Like, Air they're birds. they're a phenomenal foundation of a class. However, like, if state fans think next year, night one, Champions Classic, we're going to see Jay Nakins starting over two-time captain, senior foster lawyer, or Max Christie starting over sixth-year super senior, three-time captain Josh Langford. Oh, Josh Langford's leaving. That's not happening. Then bring me back on, and we'll talk fire Izzo. <laughs> yeah, I, no, Izzo. Uh, no. And to be I'm, honest, I'm playing, Greg, that, that's honestly going to be the case, but I guarantee by, like, middle of the year, Big Ten play, like, Aikens will be playing, like, 25 minutes a game. And those are the things I'll say, like, have your critiques about Izzo. Oh, he should get the young, the young studs in there, whatever. 
at the end of the year, it, it always, always, it, it most of the time works out. So I have a creative solution to how Michigan state remains in the tournament field and keeps that streak alive. So conference tournaments, teams are going to opt out. And there's a lot of teams in the Big Ten that are going to be secure top four or five seeds in the NCAAs that are going to say, I don't need to go play in the Big Ten tournament. This could end up being like a five, six team field where if it gets down to that point, like Michigan State has more talent than the Northwesterns, the Nebraskas of the world. So I, I kind of hope that's how it plays out. Honestly, it might come down to that point where that's what MSU needs is a Big Ten tournament championship to make that 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 birth. Us versus Nebraska would be an absolute dogfight right now. <laughs> the way we're playing. That'd playing be for a 13 bad. seed? <laughs> yeah, just, ab- just an absolute grit and grind game just to even barely make it. Like, ugh. Well, I mean, you got a- Nebraska this week. You got, what is it, Iowa Tuesday and then Nebraska later this week? Yeah. I like your I like your theory, G. I never thought I never thought about that. Like if if I'm if I'm a top team, you know, you get all those teams together in one city. If you're already set, who knows if that's a, a smart move to make because you want you know, conference cha- conference tournament championship doesn't mean anything compared to the tournament to compared right. to the big dance. So yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe we sneak in, have a little one game set against Nebraska. Count me in. I'm in. Fuck it. I'll sign up for that right now. Um, all right. Anything else on Michigan State at all, fellas, as the, the wounded Spartan fans that you are? I do have to ask Packy, who do you think is the best team in the Big Ten? Be careful. All right. Don't do it. <laughs> Be careful. I, I, Illinois. Oh. There we go. My dog. No, nah, I mean, Michigan's really, really good. But it's that's part of the thing that's – pouring salt in the wound this year with state is the fact that Michigan is so damn good. Right. Um, but I, I just, I think Illinois is really talented. I had some friends that we were talking about the Iowa Illinois game and like people liking the, the Iowa line and taking the spread and shit. I was like, I think Illinois is going to get them. And that was a good ass game that, that, uh, that, what was it? The goaltend call at the end. That's that kind of sucked. Cause they had that tip in and that changed yeah. the, the finish of the game. But, um, I mean, Iowa, Illinois, and Michigan are all really damn good, and it could be any one. Any one of those three teams could make a run. Shout out to Illinois. Shout out to Illinois money line cashing for you, boy. By the yep. way, needed that. <laughs> yep, that was big. I'm gonna yeah. just keep hammering the Michigan State unders. <laughs> Today was close, wasn't it? Wasn't it like a one point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my dad, who literally has like just started betting on sports literally like two days ago, was messaging me like I took the MSU under today. And with a minute left, he called me and was like sweating it out. I'm yeah, like, I think the best part about this sports betting thing being legal in Michigan is I got literally my dad like FaceTiming me like, how do I use this goddamn DraftKings app? And like, what's the spreads and what's the lines? I'm like, Pops, let me lead you to the promised land. I'm glad we can bond over this now. Let's uh <laughs> Let's make I gotta fun. start firing. Up. Are you making picks too, Carter? I do, but I'm not G. <laughs> don't don't follow my picks. G, I've, G, I've been G. I've been firing them up sometimes. I gotta just do it every day because you gotta follow the you gotta follow the path. The record speaks for itself, you know. Yep. Hey, I don't want to curse it, but it's been it's been a very lucky hot streak. We'll say play that. The, hey, play his music. Play that music. <laughs> play that music. Um. All right. Before we move on to music, nice little segue there, Carter. I do. I have to ask. As Lansing Catholic alums, um, growing up, at least from my perspective, like hooping was really the only hobby 
that we had. I think like you guys, obviously you had a great basketball run. I think I was, I was a freshman your senior year when you guys won the title. Um, and I talked to, to Z Hearth about this all the time. Like the impact that your guys run had on the whole city and the area of us that were like young up and coming little whippersnappers that were watching you guys do that. Like it honestly fueled our interest and love for the game a ton. But I have one question for you specific to that team. I've heard rumors for years that on the Max Gover winning shot, there was a play drawn up for Mr. Mike Repos and Max went off script for that. Is that a correct story or no? That is, that is a correct story. Um, I mean, the play was for reaps for sure, but like, it isn't like, end all be all dump it down. No matter like Max had the freedom to take the shot, but it was funny. We, we talk about it all the time. Cause he had a, a horrible game to that point, turning the ball over, like didn't even take many shots, but, credit to him to have that confidence in that moment, like, and knock that thing down. He always says he just blacked out, (laughs) but yes, the play was for reaps and rightly so given, given how that game was going, but the kid knocked it down, man. Hey, credit to him. You only need one inch of freedom and he took it. What's the line that was in your song G overtime, max go overtime. (laughs) (laughs) Back in my rap days. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you for that. I'm very happy to hear that's a true story. Today's episode of the Sleepers podcast is presented by the Locker Room app. Carter, you're a Locker Room app user. I am a happy Locker Room app user at that. Have you ever been listening to, you know, our podcast and you want to say, you know what, Carter, that was stupid. Yeah, I need to call you out on that. Or have you been listening to Greg and you say, you know what, Greg, that's really stupid. I want to call that out. Well, the Locker Room app is for you. It's a free app available in the App Store right now. It's connecting people and sports fans and fans of anything in general. Uh, There's rooms on there that you can join with NBA personalities, people across sports. It's a great app to connect with those people and also just connect with, you know, people in general who are fans of what you're watching or what you're into at the time. And that's not limited to sports. I have to shout out my newfound kind of passion, love for The Bachelor. And The Bachelor Room is one of my favorites on The Locker Room. And I'll be sure to be tuned into all those rooms coming up and you don't want to miss it. We got the Matt James T. We got it all. Are you pro Matt James or anti Matt James? I'm hashtag wait and see on Matt James. I'm going to give it like three episodes before I make my judgment. It's always I I am mad that no one asked what Matt James 40 time is during that episode. That was a letdown. That's true. So if you want more of the sleepers, you can find the sleepers on the locker room app every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Eastern. We will be doing a 60 minute room talking mostly basketball, but oftentimes other things like Carter's Matt James takes. You can get the locker room app on the app store as Carter mentioned for free. We would love to see you there. Join the conversation. So let's let's pivot. Let's talk music. So we've got pack. Um, I, I've, I think I followed you from the jump, just even your very early days with Moti, the first couple songs you guys were putting out. Um, obviously, you mentioned at the top right. how much you guys grew, how natural it just kind of came together and you made it more of a serious thing. Um, but talk me through like the early stages of you guys realizing this could be something you could make a career off. And like, what were the big moments that made you have that realization? Yeah, it, it really was just uh, a, a process. We never sat, we never sat out to like 
to make it a career, to make it anything that made money. It was something we were interested in and had fun with. And really, I moved in with my brother. I was a sophomore in college. And we just were recording all the time for fun. And we started, we linked up with, you probably know, G Green Scheme, my friends Dags and Q. Yep. And they were doing kind of doing the same thing in the area. And we were able to just bring together our groups of friends for shows in the area. And it was funny. We uh, like, I'll stay away from all the details, but like we ended up down the road starting our own little label. And I remember Mo and I went back to just look at some of the things we did over the years and tally some things up to talk to our guys about and like, Hey, you, you need to do a, B and C. And the number of shows we did back then was, insane i thought it was like three four a year maybe it was like a couple of months for a couple of years and and so it was just kind of this looking back it was a grind but at the time it was just part of it like it, we just had fun doing it. we were going door to, door to door to frats and sororities trying to like get our music out there and stuff and the moment that it hit for me really two big moments in kind of like a year's period was we given the numbers we were doing it wasn't like, Oh, we can do this for sure. But we were like, we got to take a shot at it. Cause when I graduated college, it was like, I'm going to go do the nine to five thing and this will fade off or we're going to give it a try. And I knew enough to give it a try, but we scheduled this going away show in Lansing. And so we had always just gotten our friend groups together to do these shows and they were big, but it was people we knew it was like big parties. Mm-hmm. And, but this show this going away. show, all of a sudden, we got done with the show and there was this, it was sold out and there was this massive line after the show for like a meet and greet. And I'd never done that before. I just kicked it with my friends after the show. And there were all these people wanting to get like autographs and I'd never seen them in my life. And some people saying, Oh, I flew in from Texas. I flew in from Boston. And I was like, what the, (laughs) and that was the moment where we were like, okay, we're making the right decision to go try this. And then the other moment was when we got to LA, we made our first album. We've always just done free mixtapes. We made our first album, we put it out and we were like charting top 10 on iTunes and just the numbers were awesome. Getting reached out to by um, different like labels and promoters and different people. It was like, okay, we, we, we did it. it. Like we actually did it and we can, we don't have to worry about this is a side hustle. How the hell am I actually going to make money? Like we can make money doing this. And, but yeah, it was never something I set out to do. Like people that have known me all my life still are like baffled by the fact that it's something I do. I, I still am sometimes like I enjoy, I know you, you bring me on. It's like, Oh, at Packy raps, like, let's talk about music. And like, that's what I do. But I, sports is my first passion. Like for, I like sports. I think about sports, talk about sports, watch sports more than I, do anything with music other than actually doing my job but yeah it's just something that we turned out to be successful at we grinded at we were good at for some reason people fucked with it and (laughs) here we are well yeah I think a huge part of that truly is just like I mean you're very talented right as a songwriter and just a spitter on the mic like I know firsthand from being someone that dabbled in music and at one point had to think about like is this something I could seriously spend all my time on and make money off of? Like you got to have that ability in front of a microphone, in front of a group of people to connect with them and to also deliver a product. And you've always had that. I mean, even since the earliest days, um, 
but so I got to experience firsthand because I opened for you guys one time in Lansing and it, it, to me, it was like the biggest show I ever did. And I think it was almost like a coming home show. If I'm remembering okay. it for you, you guys had already been in Cali. Yeah. Um, and we, we had, I forget who was there. I think the green scheme guys were there too, part of the openers. Um, but the, the thing that I'll always remember about that night to me, cause it was the biggest crowd I'd ever been in front of. We, we, it was at the loft and we sold that bitch out. It was mm -hmm. like, like you mentioned, there were people like waiting room, like asking, you guys had a little merch table and it was a line out the door. Yeah. Um, but like the spec fans, I mean, I got to see that as the opener. They're passionate as hell, man. Like there's still people I'll see interact with you on Twitter that like, from all across the country have the spec lyrics, the spec logos, everything all up in their bios, like how and why, obviously you guys are good, but like, what do you think makes that fan to you relationship so special and gets these guys so passionate? It's, it's tough for me to say, like, I'm glad, I'm so glad that it, it is that way. And I guess maybe a, a, a more interesting aspect and you guys can even relate to it. Start starting your own thing here and everything is in so many people these days with the internet, everybody can start their own thing and, and everybody wants to be some type of entrepreneur and it's awesome. And what I think people need to, to always remember is the most important thing is that you, you find that core, those people that I don't care if it's 10 people, a hundred people, if you have a hundred people really mess with your product and you, that is so much more valuable than any huge following that pays attention to your Instagram page. And that's some of the things I've run into over the years in music is like, if you just look at it from the outside and compare me to certain other artists, like what's the main thing everybody can see when it comes to artists, it's Spotify listeners, right? That's the number that's available to the public. And if you compare me to certain other people that are, that you'd think are on my level, their numbers blow me out of the water. But we, I guarantee you my merch numbers, my people that come to the shows, the people that actually support and pay for things and, and really support you. We just have that core. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it. I think the only thing I can really try to point to is we were, when we first started, it makes me sound so damn old, but <laughs> YouTube was like, it, it had been around, but we really utilized it hard. And I'd remember the days of like, when it came to posting music, we put everything we did on YouTube. We had daily vlogs. We posted every music, even if it was just an MP, MP3, whatever. We posted it on there. Because when you went to parties back then, it was, hey, you hear that new song? You pull up YouTube. There wasn't, Spotify didn't exist. Um, and so you just pulled up YouTube and played songs. And that's how people discovered music. And our stuff was just there. And through that, we were able to have different, whether it was YouTubers or just random people discover our music and use it for their own content. And so their fan bases discovered us. And I think that was kind of how people discovered us early on. And then they became hardcore fans because they could see us every day on YouTube. You really feel like you, you get to know somebody rather than just, Oh, I hear their music on the radio. I don't even know what they look like or anything. We were sitting on our couch at our, our crib with roommates, like talking to them, you know what I mean? And so I think that's how you're able to develop a, a fan base like that. And I think that's why, like with what you guys are doing, you got the video, you guys are on, you're making your daily picks every day. Like that's how you ground roots, like grassroots start to 
get that fan base, those people that come back because not to be too long winded, but I, I say to everybody all the time, like on, I remember the days we first started and we were posting our music on Facebook. You, you said it, G, you, you were paying attention to that. You were probably the only one. Cause I remember like you post something, you get no likes on Facebook, right? You post something, you get one like on Facebook. It, it was nothing for a long time. And it's easy to just be like, man, fuck it. Nobody cares. But then, then you're sunk. You got to do it consistently because some, people are paying attention that you don't even know about. And if you deliver a good product, then you start to establish that core base. And I think that's just what we did, luckily. That's funny you bring up the YouTube theme. So I used to room with Zach Hurth and then Mike Mooney was my sweet mate. He yeah. went to Lansing Catholic too. And literally one day I was walking by their room and they were watching one of your vlogs. And I was like, oh, that's kind of, I was like, oh, this is like dope. They're just like chilling. You guys are just like, I think you were just like in the city of East Lansing, just like, just doing whatever. And uh, one time I came back, this is way back in the day. I went to a spec concert, had the double X's on my hands. So oh, I was under that. 21 and I didn't even know any of your music at that point. And I was just like, this shit's just lit. Like this is <laughs> like, these dudes are just up here, like hella energy on the stage. Like just get everyone else's around me as hype. So I'm like, this is kind of like, this is like, That's this is up. dope. So like stuff like that, you just don't know. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm walking by my friend's dorm room and I hear it and I see it and all of a sudden I'm at a, con I'm, you know, I'm at a concert. I'm looking yeah. at t-shirts and shit, like shit like that happens. That's dope. Yeah. So, you, you, you never know who's paying attention. Like even with you guys, gee, I, I follow you and you're doing your, your daily picks and stuff. And it's like, I was looking at those every day. I was, <laughs> you might not necessarily know, but right. I'm, do I'm looking at it. And if you stop doing it, I'm just a casual observer. But if you stop doing it, it's like, Oh, that person was checking on me every day. And now they're not. Oh, at, at this point, if G stops doing it, he's got people in his DMs or <laughs> right. like, hey, where the, losing money. Hey, Chill. where the fuck's that? Yeah. I got to hold you up for a second. Did you pronounce the word vlog as a vlog? Yeah. It's a vlog. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I just I just wanted to pause for one second on that. Like that's That's the beauty of having your own podcast. I can literally say what I want. Anyway, I want. You have it your way, Kat. Um, so let's talk some specific memories because you guys have had quite the journey, like you said, moving out to Cali, coming home. I remember hearing and reading some of the stuff that you guys did as soon as you came home. It was a big deal to make that decision to come back, um, set up the studio in your hometown, turn it into a label, start signing artists. I mean, that's a huge just pivot in a new direction and you guys have been very successful in doing that um but i guess looking back on this whole crazy career back to the days where youtube was the only thing that was there what are some memories that stick out as like i can't believe this is happening honestly the the two that i that i mentioned when i was like i knew we were onto something the, that going away show and then having our album our first album chart that the album charting was probably the thing that stood out to me most because it was the thing that people on the outside could see. We saw all these things behind the scenes happening and, but people on the outside can see, Holy shit. Like my friend just put out his album and it's up there right next to take care. That's crazy. Like it was literally take care. Right. Cause yeah. I was, I was a, or was it nothing? Maybe it was nothing was the same. 
Maybe, I, I can't. Maybe no, it was take care. It was take I think care. it was take care. If yeah. I'm remembering correctly, because I was in. I'm going to give another. Sh- we're shouting out way too many Lansing Catholic people this episode, but I guess that's <laughs> the inside. A, cou- a cougar inspired episode, <laughs> except Stephen Izzo. I was. Uh, I was in my dorm room. I lived with Louis Savona at the time, and I remember him running into the room, just being like, "Yo, like the spec is one." behind take care right now on their album that just dropped and like we've been bumping take care for like three weeks at that point me too bro like that and that's what was crazy is we're just sitting like it's me my bro and two roommates just like recently within the last few months moved into this little apartment in la we're recording this album like there's construction going on outside like it's it's just this us doing this little thing i was working as like a production assistant for this like TV network magic show to try to make money while I was in LA and we record this album and we're sitting there the night it comes out and we got literally lawn chairs in our living room and we're just sitting there refreshing the the page after midnight like our album is nowhere to be found because it hasn't hit yet and all of a sudden it refreshes and I remember my brother Mo was like yo I just saw it I don't want to like get anyone excited but it disappeared, but I just saw it like at number six. And I was like, shut the fuck up, dude. You're, Cause it wasn't there for us. And then all of a sudden a couple minutes later, it totally refreshed and it was sitting there. And it, it's just one of those moments where you're like, cause I'm like probably to a fault. I'm a, I'm a realist. Like I'm not the guy that's, Oh, I'm going to be a rapper and I'm going to make money. Like I'm like that sound, you sound, sound dumb. Like you're just getting another SoundCloud rapper that likes to do it. And then you're going to go do something real. And so yeah, it was just one of those surreal moments to me that like, what the hell? There's, I, I did it. What the, what the fuck? Hey, I need to, I need to know, were you like on your humble shit when that happened? Or were you like walking around? Like, don't talk to me. If you don't have an album that's not on the charts. Like, <laughs> I'd I'm, like to. I'm, don't talk to me. Like I'm that same packy from two weeks ago. Cause I'm not, I'm on the charts. I, I'd like to think outwardly. I was humble about <laughs> it, but I definitely inwardly, especially because you guys know, like, you were around the same age as me and you went, you went through the college experience with the same types of friends and stuff like that. You know, starting out trying to do that, how much shit talk was going on behind the scenes. Uh, like, I would have shit talked to myself. I don't even like, imagine what that was. That honestly, because everybody thinks they can do it, whatever. And a lot of the stuff at the beginning of, of my career, what I look back on it and it was cringe, but you got to go through that. And you just know how many people were talking shit. And when you see something like that, yeah, in your head, of course, you're like, that's right. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I think if you do something that you love and you do it well enough and you do it no matter what the scale is that you're doing it, if you're doing it in front of one person, if you're doing it in front of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, like you will come into people who want to talk shit about what you're doing. Like you just will. And I think like, I, I mean, you guys, I'm sure are way more familiar with that than Carter and I are at the scale that we're on. But like, that's what's powerful about being a creative is like, it's, it's gotta be something you're passionate enough to say, I don't care what people think. Like I'm doing this because I love it. And I'm doing this because I think I'm damn good at it. And we're going to yeah. see where this goes. Um, so I want to talk spec collective stuff because it, it, am I wrong in thinking like that's, that's sort of the primary focus with you guys at this point? Um, uh, I'm trying to think of like the best way to describe it without, without like going into too much crazy detail, but we basically, I think it was like 2014. Um, we started the label, the spectators collective as a label. 
and we we actually signed guys like we were in business together and that lasted for about five years and the reason we started it was we just were reading the tea leaves down the road like i i'm not going to be a 40 year old rapper like trying to it's just not realistic and not only is it probably not realistic i don't know if i'll want to you know that i i do think you grow out of certain things like rap is a young man's game. The, the stuff that the stuff that you talk about in, in hip hop music is just like, I'm not trying to be the rapper talking about how I'm a dad and I'm sitting <laughs> on the couch watching TV. Like that shit just doesn't sound good. Whether And I'm only going to write about my life. I'm not going to like make shit up. So you just got to look at the future and be like, okay, how can we leverage what we've built and turn it into something that can last? So we started the label and we signed guys and it was, it was successful. Like things went well, people made money and without getting into details, some, some shit went a little left. We had, we had some, some guys like, like any, like you could expect whether it was entitlements or whatever. Um, it's tough to take, it's tough to take people, especially in the, with music, you, you referenced that you can, a lot of platforms have this, but you kind of go from nothing where, you're making music because you love it and a few people are listening. And then we sign them. And it's not, I'm not acting like we're good music over here, but all of a sudden you have this platform and a bunch of people are hearing your music, your numbers go way up and you're like, oh shit, look at what I'm doing. And it's, that's kind of what happened to a little bit with a couple of artists and Mo and I, we got to the point where we were like, we're not making enough money on this shit to, to deal with the headache of it. It, yeah. it was just like, we know we're doing a great thing for these guys. They're making money. Look at what they had before we came into the picture. But if it's, if it's looked at the opposite by them, then what are we doing this for? It's not like we're making real money on this. The, the money we're making is coming in from my music. And so we were like, let's just wash our hands of it. Let's move on. Everybody move on. And now the spectators collective I'm just utilizing the platform I've built to kind of put some people on that I fuck with. And it's not even like a business arrangement. It's just a, a creative collective of guys. We've got galaxies, a producer, um, Ali and Apollo, they're, they're rappers. Like um, we've, I've got some singers out on the West coast, um, engineers, hush and, uh, and uh, drew Matt dope artists. Um, but they're just guys I fuck with they support the brand. They like rep what, what we're doing. We don't have any business arrangements. So anybody can have any expectations or be mad, whatever. Um, everybody's doing their own thing, but, um, yeah, it, it's been a process, but I, I'm, I'm really comfortable and, and happy with where it's at because I think we've built something now with the spectators that is legit. We have a following and without forcing anything, we have people that fuck with the brand and now I can put on to other people. And it's cool to see. I, the other day I had uh, one of my buddies, he's actually the golf coach at Grand Valley. And he was like, uh, Hey, who's this Drew Matt guy? And I was like, Oh, he's this dope ass artist. That's part of our collective right now. And he's like, I just assumed he had seen my socials. He's my friend, but he's like, Oh, his music just came on Spotify. And I saw, I clicked on his like Twitter and he's got spectators in his bio. I was like, that's super dope. Like that's, that's just a cool way to get the brand out there. And so I, I love what we're doing with it right now. Yeah. I, so Ali Joseph, I listened to him for years. And when I was you guys, gonna, I was just going to say, I, I didn't even know that uh, 
that uh you know he was with you guys i've actually heard his music um he's the man yeah he's 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 nice too i think i saw him on instagram or something like that you know it's crazy how that music shit can spread like that you see someone post on on instagram you go on a deep dive and all of a sudden you know i got ali joseph playlist on my on my apple music it's crazy no he he works his ass off and he's actually part of the reason because he went to the state and he's part of the reason i have some of those guys on the west coast because he's out there in la now and so he connected me with a couple of those guys and it's just crazy how all that shit spreads yeah also, credit to you for uh, making the business decision where you don't want to get to the Blake Griffin phase of your rap career, if I heard you correctly on that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Great analogy. Um, although I will say, I don't think you'll ever get to a point where you're as washed as Blake Griffin is right now. But <laughs> I hope I hope not. We could no, go we, down. We, we don't need that. And we don't need the situation where you got like Meek Mill, like 37 years old on Twitter talking about you know, going to the club and getting bitches, like go sit on, go sit <laughs> down somewhere. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like I'm even now, that's why I like having the collective with these young cats. Cause like I've made so much music, man. I'm a married man now. Like <laughs> I want to be able to put out a song when I want to put out a song because music is so it's microwave now. Like you gotta be, if you want to keep up, you gotta be a personality on Instagram. You got to put out music every week. Like, and I just, I could have done that back when we first started. I can't, I can't do it now. So I like to push these young guys content and I can come through when I want to. <laughs> so let's talk about what you can do now because you had the Twitter update. It, was it last week? Maybe the week before now? Yeah. I think we, I hit you up. I slid in the DM shortly after that. Cause I'm like, this would be a dope time to talk to Pat. Yeah. So I'm glad we could make it work, but I, you, you put a post out that was basically, saying like hey here's the deal i got the new twitter at dude damn follow the boy we'll put it in the links in uh, in the show but you're going to be doing i mean i had the podcast for years um yeah. which is a great listen as well but i was excited reading your your posts about this though you're going to get into some more writing um i know how skilled you are with that right in order to be a rapper you got to have that level but i think that's going to be a dope way for you so tell the people what's what's new and what's coming from you yeah, it's not even anything like I don't have some comprehensive business plan, whatever. It's kind of plays off of what I was just saying as far as like I got to a point in my career and in my life where I was just like, I've been doing this. I enjoy writing. It's, I'm good at it. It's part of the reason I got into rap. I always have liked writing. And I was just like, I don't want to uh, rap. You're talking about partying and girls and drinking whatever like it's fun hip-hop is fun and i'm not into like the super conscious rap but when you hit that stage in your life where that content isn't just pouring out of you you're not living that every day and i think it hit even harder in the pandemic like you're just in the crib and so i was like well how can i kind of transition into something else and i had the podcast and we've got like got a good audience for the podcast but it's not close to the level of what we have for the music and so I was kind of torn between I don't want to just shove all this content down I've got you know Twitter I've got 20,000 people that follow me for my music I'm not trying to go talk about my thoughts on what just happened the other day in society (laughs) to everybody on my Twitter feed so I was like let me give people that follow me for the podcast a different area to go um and it can be a way smaller, uh, a way smaller audience, but I'm gonna take you over there. So at Duda Dam is just my personal Twitter where I actually partake in Twitter and I don't just post about my music. 
Um, and so people can follow me there. Um, I started writing some blogs and yeah, just stuff I'm interested in, like, cause that was how music started, right? Like I talked about my life, stuff I was interested in. And now that stuff doesn't translate to music quite as well, um, or quite as often, I should say, but I want to translate it to a different medium. So the blog posts, the podcast is a good way to do that. But I just wanted to be able to separate the people that were interested in that rather than just bombarding everybody with content that they didn't give a damn about for the last 10 years. Like, where is this coming from? It's a business conscious move. I love it. But yeah. I think uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard Pax music, I think you would love the music one. But two, I know you'll love his podcast because if you're listening to Carter and I, I've heard Pax podcast. It's dope. And it's, I think there's some similarities in style. You're, I mean, you're a great listen on all the shit that you talk about. So thank you, bro. Um, highly recommend everybody check it out. Thank you. Um, all right. So we do have, we, we asked for questions for this little Q and a session so we can fly through these. We got four that we ended up choosing that we want to bring a couple basketball related ones, couple life slash music related ones. So we'll just start right. from the top. Hey, G, I apologize for my pause right there. I was deleting a question. I think my fiance got into the Google Doc and added her question in there, and she and I, she thought I wouldn't catch it or something. So I, what was the I, question? I, something about like how cute is my son, aka not my son, my new dog, and that's just not a question I'm answering. I mean, can you answer that now that it's on the pod? Like, I mean, I've been drinking wine out of a glass that says "Pardon my Frenchie," so I guess that means I kind of love him. And, I mean, in. give him the name of the dog at least. You did uh, have Pierre. Pierre to connect with his French roots. Demarcus is his middle name after Boogie Cousins, my favorite NBA player, and then Elliot, carrying right. the family name. I dig it. It's a monster. What a find by you. I saw the Duke Google Doc moving. I'm like, what is going on right now? Yeah, that's why I was like at that pause. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Here? Little behind the scenes action, folks. We have a Google Doc open when we do these episodes. We're planners. We have outlines. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So four questions, as I mentioned. First one, basketball related. This is from Cody Murphy. Thoughts on the Big Ten? Is Iowa a legit contender for the NCAA tournament? We kind of got into that. Um but I let me start with this one, actually. I, I think Iowa is a contender for the Big Ten title. I don't think they're a contender for an NCAA tournament title. I don't think their brand of basketball, trying to outscore and not playing much defense, can fly for six games straight in March. Yeah, I, I don't think um, a team that can give up baskets as easily as they do can win an NCAA tournament. Um, also... I'm not putting my chips in a basket on any basketball team that starts five white guys. <laughs> I'm kidding, G. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that's no, fair. I mean, <laughs> even look to tie this back to Lansing Catholic. I mean, you guys didn't end up with five white guys. At least we had a Knicks run of the point. <laughs> you gotta have one. But yeah, they I don't think they'll be able to get enough stops on the defensive end to be an NCAA tournament factor. Um, a big factor for them is going to be the play of Bohannon. Um, he's shitty in most games unless I'm betting on them. And then he, you know, or betting against Iowa, he'll go off. But I don't think Actually, he'll be enough stops. Cat, I want to talk. I'm glad you mentioned Bohannon because I was in some back and forth with somebody on Twitter the other day about how that's going to hurt them in March because, like, at the end of the Illinois game, I think they were down three at one point down the stretch. And the play they had to run – was basically a ball screen for Bohannon. And if you need three in a late clock situation, like the ball can't be in Garza's hands. 
Mm-hmm. It can't really be in Wieskamp's hands because he can't really do anything off the dribble. So, like, that's a big problem for a team that has two great options like that, that your first two options can't be go-to guys in that situation. Sure. So, I'm glad I was able to get that off. Pack, you mentioned Iowa as one of your teams in the Big Ten. Do you think they could be a title team? No, I don't, I don't see them winning a ship. I mean – NCAA tournament format, anybody can make a make a run, but I always consider that kind of final four. And then you get and then you get tested to see if you got that that championship caliber. And I don't think Iowa has it. What what do you guys think about Garza as player of the year? Do you see it? I think he has to be, just because it's he it's so historically special how efficient he is offensively. Like I think I saw some chart that was like volume on one of the axes and then just efficiency on the other. And like the two outliers in college hoops history were Trey young and Luca Garza and Trey young was like way more so on the, the volume side and Luca Garza's both like, he's just as high as you could be. Um, So I, I think it's fair. Although, I mean, the dude is a liability defensively. An absolute liability defensively, but you just can't argue with those numbers. It's crazy. Like it's, it's some wild, wild numbers. What all those charts you talked about too, G? Like the PER ratings. Like he has literally the highest of all time at any level of basketball. It's wow. stupid. And also, just, it's it's like Iowa, right? Like Iowa's a top ten team this year. Like yeah. that's Luca Garza. That's not the rest of the supporting cast there. I'm glad you guys said that because I feel like sometimes people get too caught up in like how guys are going to translate to the NBA, and they don't just appreciate how good they are in college. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's Garza. And I think there's all time great college player. You can't diminish that just because he's not going to be able to, yeah. I don't, he's not an NBA player. Like he's just an all time great college basketball player. Agreed. I would love to be an all time great college basketball player. <laughs> Sounds amazing. You're a, you're an all time Albion great college basketball player. Yeah. I heard, I heard I you were only in my head and in G's head. <laughs> um, all right. Next question. This is from Sam Schwager. What are some of your favorite hype songs for hooping slash working out? Let's throw that to Pack first. I feel like this was a Packy directed question. Shit, I, dude. I speaking of working out, this pandemic has been bad. But uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a big Jack Harlow guy uh, recently, and that's that's pre uh, what's popping. Like, yeah, I you could tell he was he had it. Um, but yeah, I'm a big, big Jack Harlow guy as far as newness goes, but I like, I like the go-tos from, from my heyday always. Like I, I can always rely on, on the big Sean's, the Drake's, the, the, we had, dude, my, I graduated high school in 08 and that like stretch from maybe 07 to like 2013, that five-year period we had some guys come through, whether it was Drake, Big Sean, J. Cole, Wiz. Like, I remember when those guys, when they were all new, that's some heavy hitters. Crazy. And that's like your formative years of becoming like attached to artists and stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. My, that was like my, my emotional connection. To nothing was the same. It's just crazy. Cause it just dropped at a certain point in college and it just, it, it just hits different. That's music, man. Like yeah. something you would have loved when you were in college you can hear as like a probably a 35 year old or something and not give a damn. It's just, you attach it to moments of your life. Yeah. 
For Wait, sure. I, I'm just going to take an opportunity to go off script here and ask Pack a question that could really make a difference in Carter and I's friendship here. <laughs> what is the best Drake song? Jeez, song? I, you can't even go album. You got to go specific I'm going, song. I'm, well, actually, that we should follow up with album. Album? Okay. It was for a long time. It was nothing was the same for me. I know take care is a popular answer. I got to be honest though. Like if I'm, if, if I'm truly honest, like what do I listen to the most? It's if you're reading this, it's too late. Hey, wow. Like I know it's when it first dropped, it was like, Oh, Drake's dropping a a mixtape and like, it's not supposed to be an official studio album, whatever. So I, I I said nothing was the same for the longest time, but when I really look back, if I track the numbers, I listen to that way more than anything else. Man, wow. that shit's so far. Song is hard though. So, song, I, like, okay, I got to try to, th- so you guys have like a disagreement on this? So first of all, with albums, I was 100% expecting either Take Care or Nothing Was The Same. And I yeah. believe Carter, yours is Nothing Was The Same, right? Yeah. And mine's Take Care. So yeah. I love I love the answer. Caught me out of left field there, but I love that answer. But yeah, song, we've had a long standing discussion here, mostly just off me disputing carter's favorite song which he claims is the consensus best drake song yeah and that's and that's do not disturb off more life is the best drake song no (laughs) consent i mean i respect the choice i love the song but consensus best song that's that's a wild claim i think it's the best song of all time and it's really not up for argument (laughs) 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 and i'm not listening to any arguments i need a name though like i i gotta keep you on the spot here give me a name well let let me think for a second let me ask you is is your disagreement there just that you don't think that's true or do you have one of your own so I have one of my own, but like, I'm not ignorant enough to say this is the best Drake song, which is what Carter, like whenever we discuss this, Carter's right. like acts offended that I'm like, oh, it's probably a top 10 Drake song. Do not disturb. Like I love do not disturb, but it's right. not one. Like it shouldn't well, be any. Uh, hold on a second. Let's not do that. You were disrespecting it at first. You were like, I said I, it was number I think one. I said it was like maybe a top 20 Drake song was my and, initial and response. I'd rather you slap me in the face than say that because that's so disrespectful. It's not. I mean, is it really that special? He has more special verses and more special songs. No, he doesn't. Like my my number one is uh, Too Much. That's a great Also song. Off Nothing Was the Same. But that's, I mean, song. it's ingrained in my head, the Saturday Night Live performance, oh just my him God, in the microphone. Oh my God. That, that flow on that was like brand new. I just that that's a great choice damn i wish i would have thought of that before you <laughs> see uh, now i feel validated though like no, that's, at least at i least mean and those are both off do not disturb those are both like are probably if i were to say my favorite song off each of those projects i might choose those two like do not disturb was toward the end i remember like everybody because wasn't that uh what do not disturb was um more was that more life yeah it was more life and so like i remember he uh played that on the what was it like the apple radio at the time yeah yeah, yeah it was and people were talking about all their favorite songs free smoke was the first one which obviously everybody loves but i remember getting to the end of that project like this is the one what everybody's sleeping on this i i remember it remember it like it was yesterday man it touched my ears <laughs> the first time beautiful moment yeah well I'll, all right i'll give you a little bit of an off the wall one probably but i i'm just trying to think I, i'm a i'm a drake stan so it, i could choose anything but if I go with the project, my favorite project, you know what song I love off that project that I feel like is not anybody's favorite? Legend. 
I, Ooh, that's, I, if, if I go through my, my Spotify most played, that's, that's gotta be right up there as far as Drake records for me. That's a great choice. I respect that pick. Also, I feel like the people need a list of Packy Spotify most played, like put the playlist together, get that's it real. in the people's hands. It'd be, it would be a, a, a disgusting amount of Drake. <laughs> and that is, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's see, why see, I, I knew try to be too trendy. <laughs> people try to be too trendy you know what i'm saying like oh no i listen to no you listen to drake yeah you do you, you can lie to yourself and say you don't but right why do that right <laughs> oh man i love it i'm glad we went there um all right two more questions uh another music one this is from real r-e-e-l on instagram how do you market when first starting out with the music the, the best thing I can, and we kind of touched on it earlier, the best advice I can give is be consistent. Like it, it's not even super important, the specifics that you do, it's, it's that you're consistent. Like whether it's, and I, I also would recommend utilizing all the platforms. I remember when we first came up and I guess it's less prevalent now, but when we first came up, we were, we had these questions of like directing people to different platforms because we wanted our numbers up. So it's like, I don't want to direct people to SoundCloud and our numbers are good there. And then Bandcamp and our numbers are something there. And then, and then straight to our website for something different because people can't see that somebody's listening and don't worry about that, dude. Cause it, it kind of touches on what I said at the beginning about having just a real core fan base of like, that's all that matters. Whatever people think, whatever, like, however it looks on the outside, as long as it's real behind the scenes, that's what matters. So just get your shit out there to as many people as possible and do it often and do it consistently. That's the key. Other than that, tailor it to your own, like whatever you like. If, if you like doing stuff daily, do it daily. If you like doing it weekly, do it weekly. If you like Instagram, make videos. I was never like, I had to go outside of my comfort zone to do the videos and the YouTube and stuff and all that. I like writing. I like recording. It is not my natural personality to go on stage. It is not my natural personality to get in front of the camera. I'm not the hold the camera up and let you know what I'm doing every day. But sometimes you got to step outside the comfort zone if, if you really do want to do something too. So I guess that would be another piece. I have one answer for real as well as someone who dabbled in music years ago. Uh, if you ever get an opportunity to open or to perform a show with someone that you think is dope, do it. I once had an offer to open for Chance the Rapper at The Loft in Lansing. I didn't know who Chance the Rapper was. And I went to a like very extended family friend's wedding over doing that. And it still haunts me to this day. And yeah. that was in like my very first year of doing That's it. A good, that was, no, that was a good choice, G. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Looking back, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you know, <laughs> I, how I mean, feel. now maybe but you know how you know how I feel about Chance the Good Person. Do you can you give us 30 seconds on your take on Chance the Good Person? Yeah, he's a good person, he's not a good rapper. That's that's it, that's it, Mike. That's, drop. A, that's a concise take. That that is good person. I'm not gonna say anything bad about him because he does a lot for community, he's a nice person. I would kick it with him, maybe, but as far as the I, I can't stand, I don't know what it is. The flow, okay. the face, the hat, I don't know. Yo, honestly, like that's a great example of what I, as a 30-year-old now, <laughs> think about all the time is I don't want to hit that point. You know what I'm saying? Like 
Yeah. I, I understand what Chance is going through as far as like, I make music, people expect music from me. Acid rap was fucking fire, but that's not my life anymore. I got to talk about my life, but my life isn't dope in rap song. <laughs> like, honestly, like that's, that's a tough thing to deal with. I'm sure. Like, what do you want Chance to talk about? What like acid rap was fire. He can't talk about that shit. That's not his life anymore. Yeah. But you yeah. also, your ear, your ears hear what they hear. Do you like it or not? And if you don't like it, you don't like it. So it, it's tough. I, I get like growing up in hip hop and making music. Like I, I'm starting to understand the struggle as guys get older and that shit. Yeah, like Chance dropped a song with City Girls. Like, stop. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to hear about Chance the Rapper like in the club throwing ones. Like, that's, that's not something that resonates with me. Like, yeah. would the you guys prefer- that do it gracefully are the, are, are the kings, like, like Jay Z. You know, he talked about young guy shit and then he transitioned gracefully into old man shit. Right. Okay. Car, would you prefer he just drop a whole album full of nya, 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 nya? Like, that's all. I love my wife. <laughs> um, all right. On that note, last question from the people. This is from Jay Robe. Will Duke, North Carolina, Michigan State, and Kentucky all miss the tournament this season? It's a powerful is it, four. Is it miss or make? It's miss. Will all four miss the tournament? Duke. I'm literally looking at the doc- document, and it says all make the tournament. Oh, okay. Okay. All four make the tournament. Sorry, well, dude. that's a no because Kentucky's like five and 10 right now. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky's not making the tournament. They, okay. Unless they win, unless they win the SEC tournament, they're not making the tournament. So flip it. Now let's say, are they all going to miss? I mean, is, uh, let's go there. Is Michigan State going to make the tournament? I don't want to say it. <laughs> Sooner or later, you might have to, man. No, they're not. I mean, that's you're, you're using your brain. You're not using your heart. <laughs> yeah, they're that's not res- going to. That's respectable. They're, they're not going to make it um, unless something j- drastic happens. Um, I mean, they could maybe find their way in. Like if a situation came up, like you said, with the Big Ten tournament, somehow beat a team like Iowa or something. Maybe we sneak in there somehow. What do you think the number has to be for Michigan State in all seriousness? Because they're what eight and six, eight right and now? six, and two and seven in the conference. And it's like the numbers are all messed up because I'm used to thinking like, oh, you need 19, 20 wins, but you don't need that this year with how the games are shorter. Like, do they need to get to fifteen? Yeah, I don't, dude. I'm. I don't know if we're getting to ten. How many games? I'm, how, I'm looking at their schedule right now. I'm curious. I think we're I think we're two and six in the Big Ten. Yeah, two and six, two and seven, something like that. It, like, we would have six. to we would have to be what five hundred in the Big Ten to even think about making it. I so think that, that's like something to aim for. Is you got to be around five hundred in the Big yeah. Ten. I feel like if they play the full twenty game schedule, they probably need some reschedules to happen. But get to eight and twelve, they had a, like they were good in the non conference. Right. Yeah. That yeah, would put that Duke, us at, the Duke wins starting to look a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. You got to You got to aim for around five, around 500 in the big 10. And you, if you, if we're slightly below it, like luckily we do have the, the name brand value. If we, if we get close to the bubble, we might get the nod, but. So six and six, the rest of the way would put you at eight and 12 in conference play. That is actually doable. I think in theory, I'm, I'm more until you look at the teams we play. I was about to say, it sounds sounds real good right now. 
Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I guess we'll say you have to beat Nebraska, right? Iowa's probably a loss, but we'll talk next week after that Nebraska game card. Can't wait. <laughs> um, all right, just to, to wrap the question up, Duke, North Carolina, do we think they make the tournament? They've been playing well as of recently, I feel like. Um, I hope Duke misses the tournament. I'd be I so hope happy. they do. Too. I hope they do, too, but I think they're going to find a way in. Is North Carolina even like on the bubble right now? I thought they were like safely in. Uh, they they had a rough stretch there for a while, um, and then they I want to say they shut down for a little bit, and they came back, and they've had a good stretch of games and good stretch of wins. So I think they'll make it, um, and I think Duke will make it too. The way they're playing right now, uh, Kentucky is one of the worst teams in the country. They're not making it. That's that's dead, dead, dead. Yeah, it's a weird year. It is weird. Very weird year. In many ways. All right. uh, Actually, Pat, we've done this recurring segment on some of the locker rooms that we've done where we pick our final four as of today on a regular basis. So let's wrap with this. I guess Carter and I can go first. We'll give you time to think, but let's go final four if the tournament started today. Carter, you go first. Okay. So Stan Strong, Gonzaga Baylor. uh, And I'm the third team. I'm going Villanova. And fourth team, you already know, G, Houston. We're still here. We're still rolling. The boys are Dude, hooping. they're hooping. They're hooping. I'm, I'm sorry that I was skeptical on Houston a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really liking the way their team's shaking out. So that's my four right now. Um, I had Texas Tech in there, I think, last week. But they did have a big win, uh, a miracle win, and a miracle cover. Thank you, Red Raiders. Uh, but – I don't know. They've been shaky a little bit. So I'm going to go with Nova, Zaga, Zach, Zags, Baylor, and Houston. Okay. I mentioned to you the last time I gave my list that I was looking for a reason to keep Gonzaga out of my four. And I have that reason now. So I, my four right now does not include Gonzaga. I think they're going to go undefeated. I think they're going to fall before that final four in the tournament. I got Baylor. I got Texas. I got Tennessee. Finally got that win at home against Kansas. They look good. Things are clicking. And I got Illinois. You want to be different so bad. Put this out. I do. There. I do. Yeah, you're I, you're you're gonna be disappointed in in mine because I'm not as I'm not a, as much of a college hoops fiend as you guys. But like, I I can't see how I can't go with as a casual fan. I I gotta go with Gonzaga and Baylor. Fair. That's, uh, that's smart money. Oh yeah. And then because I'm not familiar with with a lot of the rest of these teams. I'm just, why, is it crazy to have two teams from the best conference in the country? No. Michigan and Illinois? Ooh, the Wolverines. Okay, let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> Dan mean, Mackey, why? They're not winning the shit, bro, but they, they, they can go to the Final Four. Fuck no, they're losing I'll the take that. Weekend. I'll sign up for that right now. I'm content with that. That would be a final. That would be a fire Final Four, though considering what's going on right now, except for those, the boys in Mason blue, but hey, let me, that. let me tell you, Gonzaga and Baylor want no part of Michigan. I've said that for weeks. That is a team. They do not want to play. Well, luckily they'll match up with Illinois and Illinois will be Thanks. <laughs> that might be true. All right. Uh, pack, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find the music at Packy raps on all socials. Um, and then you can just find me personally at do to damn on Twitter. And you can check out all the music at thespectators.com or just find me at 
Packy on Spotify, Apple Music, all that good stuff. And check the links. We'll throw this. If you're watching on YouTube, you can find all this stuff in the bio. Give us a subscribe, please. Sleepers Media, at Sleepers Media on Twitter. Carter and I are constantly talking all things basketball and more, clearly, now that we're talking music. Um, Cart, you got any words for the people before we wrap? Uh, wear a mask. Stay safe. <laughs> Good to see you happy, my guy. All right, Pac, thanks I'm, so much for doing I'm this. I'm not happy. Thanks I'm, for me, I'm, I'm dead on the inside. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you, Packy. Yep. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.